Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Comedy Papa Podcast. Well, we don't small talk at all. Welcome, everybody, to the Comedy Pop-Up Podcast. If you are living in the Southern California area, please check out some of our live stand-up shows. December 9th, we'll be at PBW in downtown Pomona. December 16th, we'll be in Santa Monica. December 23rd, we'll be at the Rec Room in Huntington Beach. For more information on any of these shows, please follow us on social media at Comedy Pop-Up, and please visit our website, ComedyPopUpLA.com. All right, let's get on with the show. Hey, what's up, party people? This is comedian Ron G, and welcome to the first ever comedy pop up podcast. I am so excited, man, for this new venture that we started on. And uh, I just want y'all to know, man, that comedy pop up is a really dope brand where we have comedy all over the city, and it's it's like it's like a training ground for comedians all over the city. That's not necessarily the mainstream thing, but it's more the comedies that you don't really hear from as most. But it's really good, and we're very excited about it. So anyway, today we have an awesome, awesome show lined up for you. I have two of the dopest females in comedy in the room, and I feel uh, even honored to have them make time out of their busy schedules to even have me um, interview them. So anyway, some of y'all might not know who I am, but I've had a really, really dope career, dope life. Uh, got some cool stuff going on. If you might have seen me on a little show called Bill Bellamy's Who's Got Jokes. Uh, did a show. I was a finalist on Last Comic Standing. You might have seen me on uh, Season 2 of Insecure. I was the dude at the table with... Uh, uh, yeah, with uh, Tasha um, at, at uh, Swingers. And uh, also, I just booked this pilot for Nickelodeon. I got a bunch of cool stuff going on. And I booked a movie just now. So uh, my career is dope, but we'll get into that later. But right now, I want to introduce our very, very uh, special guest. Uh, both of them are personal and dear friends of mine. And uh, I'm very excited. I'm glad they had time to come by. So first up, this young lady, uh, I've had the pl- pleasure of watching her Probably since I first started doing comedy at Uptown Comedy Club in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, she's from D.C. Uh, you might have seen her on the Chappelle show. Uh, was it Wanda Sykes? What was the, the show? The- it's called, um, it was on OWN. It's called Hilarious. Hilarious. Yes. Uh, Comic View, Def Jam. And uh, right now, I think she's one of the voices on the Tom Jordan Morning Show. Tom Jordan Morning Show. And I'm on uh, Black Jesus. Hey, and she's on Black Jesus. And don't you have a movie coming out too that we missed? 
don't no, I don't think so. Okay, no. all good. Cool. All cool. <laughs> last comic standing. Yeah, I was and last finalist, uh, last comic standing alumni, ladies and gentlemen, show some love for Dominique. Thank you, Ron. I'm we glad got, to be here. We gotta get you a button, man. We gotta get you an applause button or something. No applause button. Or <laughs> you gotta have an applause button in the studio. It's all good. All right. Anyway, uh, next up, uh, this one is a personal friend of mine. I've had a chance to sit on the sidelines and in the bleachers and watch her grow, man, and just what her voice has turned into. It makes me very excited because I, I always praise both of these women, um, even when they're not around, about how I think it's dope to see uh, women of color create their own lane in comedy. And these two have definitely done that. Uh, this next young lady, she's also Last Comic Standing alumni. She has her own podcast called Truth Serum. Um, just dope, powerful. I hope she runs for office one day. Uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, show some love for Miss Ida Rodriguez. Hey, Ida. Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing good. It's so fun. You're like the third person in the last two weeks who asked me to run for office. You should, because you, you got it. But you would be good, though. She got it. Yeah, That's you That's how you get the people hard. You, you yeah. make them laugh and get them all vulnerable and open up, and then you drop some heat on them. You don't and want then they, to. They don't know what to do with it. No, I don't think, uh, I don't think I, I'm too emotional. I'll hit somebody. <laughs> Especially with what's going on today in politics. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been in Puerto Rico, and they would have threw them paper towels at me. Oh, man. Let me man. tell you something. I would have threw them back. Oh, man. So, uh, also, too, um, I was... Uh, writer producer on a show for CNN called United Shades of America and we actually won an Emmy too so I've had a really really great year yes you didn't give yourself that credit you gotta say an Emmy award sorry Emmy award winning uh, writer writer, producer on my first producer gig I'm very happy about that but uh, one one of the episodes on CNN we actually went to Puerto Rico Mm -hmm, and I didn't realize there were so many facts and and nuances about Puerto Rico that would never mention that we don't even know about. Like, mm-hmm. example, Puerto Ricans, they're U.S. citizens, but they're not allowed to vote for president. That's right. Which is crazy. That's crazy. Uh, right. There's more Puerto Ricans in New York than there is in Puerto Rico. Yep. And one is because of the job opportunities. Didn't mm-hmm. know that. Then they have a uh, little town in Puerto Rico with darker-skinned Puerto Ricans who are actually descendants of the Moors. And if you know anything right. about the Moors and you study you know, black history, like they're like... The people who created uh, half the stuff that we do now, it was mm-hmm. stolen from them, basically. Anyway, and to see all this culture in Puerto Rico, man, and and learn about uh, how they get treated, it was very hurtful to like mm-hmm. know that this is so many subcultures in American culture that gets treated bad by the government, and it's, they're all demonized. Like to hear Puerto Rico go off on the governor was it the governor or the mayor? She's the mayor. The mayor about Puerto Rico's in way better condition, and, and it's still like seventy percent of the people there don't have. Mm-hmm. water or electricity and it's just terrible it's to see that now. man so um but again like that's why i always value your voice because you speak of being of african descent which sometimes mm-hmm. puerto ricans yeah. they separate themselves i'm like we all in the same boat because of a race white right broke out you know you they consider you, a nigga yes absolutely i said yeah. nigga on our first podcast yes you did you need an applause <laughs> button i said nigga on the first <laughs> podcast you need a we sound effect button we need that. something yeah, man we do <laughs> But it was in order. It yeah, was yeah. needed. Absolutely, yeah. man. But it's just really dope, man. And I, I just think I'm very grateful for both of y'all because we live in a time where I feel like the the, the guard is cha- the changing of the guards is happening where men normally run stuff and men are normally the voice of everything. And then it's normally white men, you know, being the voice of everything. And now these black voices are coming up. And then these voices of color of women like Ava DuVernay and and yep. and, and all these really dope producers and, and uh, really... Um, Distinguished women in Hollywood are making these things, man. Um, do you feel like it's important to speak out about those things from the stage, or do you kind of separate those things? And you, either one of y'all can answer that. I think so. Yeah. I don't think why would I mean it's your platform. Yeah, yeah. So why wouldn't you? I mean, it might be hard for people to take. Yeah. Like I have people come up to me after the show and 
this white guy told me, um, you were doing good until you told, said to talk about Donald Trump and all that. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And he just stood there and looked, okay. <laughs> but you know I told the truth. That's why you were offended. Yeah, yeah. And you heard people laugh at what I was saying. So I definitely think you should. But I mean, it's an individual thing. Some, yeah. some, some comics don't, don't they, they don't they're afraid to. They they think it's offensive. I don't really think that's offensive. They worry about their money instead of just speaking your truth. Yeah, speak mm-hmm. your truth. It's not anything that's derogatory to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. And I think there's a tasteful way to do it, too. Because I have this joke, joke about uh, gentrification. And uh, I do this whole bit about how gentrification and how I don't like it. And then later on, I say, you know, I speak my truth because when you create an environment where only one voice matters, that's an environment for racism. Absolutely. And there's so many different voices that make up this country that it's important to hear these voices. That's how you come to a conclusion on resolving some of this stuff. Like people demonizing Black Lives Matter or demonizing these Muslim organizations that's speaking up against themselves. And all these organizations are only caused because they don't have a voice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The yeah. Black Panthers came about because they didn't have a voice. Yes. All these Native American, um, uh, um, I forgot what it's called. Um, well, you know, the Black Panthers came about because black children needed lunch. Yeah. Right. That was that was and, part of it. <laughs> no, but I'm saying it, yeah. it was also a nutrition program. And you yeah. never hear about that. You never hear. You never hear about You that. always hear about the guns and the leather jackets, which I thought were pretty dope. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't fashionable. They were dope. <laughs> right, right. And the Afro. Yeah. But I think if you if you're a stand up comedian and you don't use your platform, then where? Because at this point, you can't talk about anything anywhere else. Everybody yeah, else right. gets fired from their jobs. That's the final frontier. And if we get to the point where we let people police us about what we're going to talk about, we'll be we might as well be in Russia, you know, or in Absolutely. China. Yeah. That, that's the end. That's the, if comedians can't say it, then who's going to say it? That's Absolutely. our job. And you know what I found out too? We actually at CNN went to Oakland and went to the Black uh, Panther Museum. Uh, school lunches were started in the uh, was made a part of by the government because of the Black Panthers. Yeah, because the Black Panthers uh, mm-hmm. started it. The government got mad and was like, "Yo, let's make, go ahead and do this for the people instead of making that an already initiative." You know what I'm saying? But the they Black Panthers started what that black too. People do. All the time, it wouldn't <laughs> be society if you didn't hack out swag. Man, I, I mean, let's this, keep it real. I say this on stage all the time. I feel like Black women are the creators of all things dope in entertainment, fashion, and even in music. If you think about it, even a lot of the gay culture comes from. Things that black women do, you know what I'm saying? Mother Earth. Yeah. Well, they, they, gay men emulate a lot of gay men. Not yeah. all of them emulate black women. When, yeah. when and to what they tea. or what they think a black woman is supposed right, to their right. idea of a they put a little extra seasoning on yeah, it. But the, yeah, the snapping the fingers and all of that stuff is because of calling black a woman a bee and it's comfortable. Like, yes. yeah, because black women are strong, and yeah. so they sim- that's a symbol of strength to them. Mm-hmm. But it gets. You know, I really wish my Latin people would embrace their blackness. It, it really would make for much a, a, a better place for all of us. Because if we had some solidarity, we could probably gain some ground. Yeah, we need those allies. I think too. that they will, they but I to. also they have to. But it's just like with black people. When you're dealing with people that and people don't like to talk about this, we are weary people. Mm-hmm. Even Latino people, we are weary people. Yes, things have gotten better for us and we're able to do things that we weren't able to do in the 60s. And mm-hmm. you know, time things have gotten better, but we still live under this system of oppression. Yeah. Even though things are better. So we are weary people. So when you're dealing with weary people, sometimes you it's fear there. Mm-hmm. There's anger there. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of hard for us. They kind of come together, but I'm always hopeful yeah. and prayerful. You know what I mean? That yeah. it'll, it'll all mesh and it'll work out. Absolutely. And this is one thing I learned too, especially maybe y'all can uh, speak on this as well. 
uh, being from South Carolina, a little small town, mm-hmm. and pursuing my dreams to the point where I have this gift that takes me all over the world. I've been to London. I've been to Africa. I've been to Dubai. I haven't been to Dubai yet. I've been to Japan. I've been to um, Dubai. I've been all over the world. And you see how people live, man. You don't realize how blessed we are, even though yeah. we have this blanket of oppression over us. We're still very blessed. But Absolutely. the problem is, too, we don't realize our identity because of slave culture. Right. Like, example, uh, when I go to London, all my friends are from where they're from. But yeah. they live in London. Right. I got friends that are Jamaican and African. We go to the club uh-huh. and they're like, Africa, they're playing Afro beats music. All the Africans mm-hmm. lose it. And they got Jamaican like, bo, bo, bo. And I'm like, South Carolina. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And they're like, hey, you what? are not from South Carolina. And they're like, Carolina. you don't know where you're from? And I'm like, uh-huh. no. And I have no clue. But in the States, because we don't know our identity, we take so much pride in our city. Like yeah. our city is the most important yeah. thing. That's why I was like, even Puerto Ricans, y'all like, Puerto Rico, but you live in New York. In New York, but you're prideful. Sometimes that's because of lack of identity. We, we, you know, we'll settle for our city is the most important thing. Or you don't represent mm-hmm. your city. You don't like, but in the real world, it doesn't matter because we're not really from here. We're from a, no. West yeah. Africa. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's where all the sla- most of the slaves came from. But Puerto Ricans, we do, we do bang hard. For Y'all Puerto go Rico. hard. My uncle wears Puerto Rican socks. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he got right. a tattoo. But it's because of what you said about when, you, when, uh, being uh, displaced. Puerto Rico was occupied by the United States. Yes. And we are, we are Commonwealth, which means we are the stepchild. So we fight for our identity because. It's all we got left. You know what I mean? They they really, you know, and and that uh, senator said it best. It is, we were occupied. We were invaded. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. didn't ask America to come there Mm-mm. and do what they did. We were invaded and stripped of our, our of our autonomy. So we, you know, we, we're, it, there's such a battle, especially even Puerto Ricans from the islands look yeah. down on Puerto Ricans that are in New York. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, everybody needs a Negro. Everybody needs somebody to look down on to feel better about. They you know? do. Absolutely. But again, like we have subcultures inside of cultures to try to make others feel less than because of how they're raised. Oh, yeah. Because you're, you ain't no real nigga. You ain't no real right. because you went to school. Like, no, it's all, we all black. Yes. We all in the same yeah, boat. When yeah. it all come down to it, we all black and we all in that umbrella where. Mm-hmm. It would be yes. a great thing, though, if, if 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 Latino people and black people got that. Ooh. You know, I, I had to even educate people in my own family. Like, I'm from D.C., so, you know, there's starting to be an influx, like, in our neighborhoods. Gentrification. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of very Latino white. people. Oh, so no. I had to tell them, y'all got this thing twisted. These are our people. That's right. right. I said, they speak Spanish, but these are our people. You living amongst your people, because if it go down, Poppy going to come out their house, and he going to be ready. He has right, to. Right, he right, going right. to be ready, because right. he know, you know, he got to be ready. So if we could understand that, that would even help us, because it's power in numbers. If we can even get there, yeah, you speak Spanish, but we the same people. Right, yes. right. Divide yeah. and conquer. The, oh, the that's whole, all that is. Absolutely. The greatest oh, mind. School. Absolutely. And if you're just tuning in, we actually, uh, this is the comedy pop-up. Well, we don't small talk at all, and uh, <laughs> we don't do small talk, man. And I just want to say, like, I'm here with two of the dopest female comedians in the game, Miss Dominique and Miss Ada Rodriguez, and uh, we're basically we're talking about um, comedy, uh, this culture of uh, women having a voice, and um, I actually just want to segue into uh, them two being really dope female comedians. It's really hard for female comedians now. Like probably like less than five years ago, I remember there was a time where there was no black women on TV like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like before Scandal came on, there was no black woman. I have so many female friends that are really dope actresses, and they're frustrated because they don't have a voice. They feel like they didn't have a, mm-hmm. a platform to share their art. 
And I'm like, yo, start your own. And for some reason, I don't know where a scandal popped up, how to get away with murder, uh, being Mary Jane, all these great things happening. Mm -hmm. And now women are doing their thing. And Mm -hmm. you notice, even like with Girls Trip, broke every record and rule of, of, of movie cinema by having black female leads. And something special about putting a female comedian in a TV show or putting comedians back in TV shows and major movies where... Magic is happening again. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, and, what? and I just want to say one Go thing. Ahead. Before Girls Trip, the, the the biggest comedy of the year was How to Be a Latin Lover, which is a Spanish, was it was a Latin movie. So the really? two biggest comedies okay. of yeah. the That's year dope. were Black and Brown. Right, right, right. Daniel right. Dedbest's movie was Salma Hayek, right. and it's a kids movie called How to Be a Latin Lover. And then Girls Trip came through and smashed. But it smashed. made me so happy because I was like, the two biggest movies of right. that round, you know. And the difference is, too, having it produced by black people. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of times they'll, like, see the, the, the magic of putting brown and black and brown in the show, and they'll produce it by white people, and it's just not as authentic as it absolutely. can be. You know what I'm saying? But it's something special about having your people produce stuff. Because I'll say the black folks, we magical. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I know I this might be an international podcast or whatever, but, no, but it's just I just believe that black folks are magical. If you think about all the great things that are on TV right now that basically is prostituted by stealing from us and making it like they got a show about rap battle freestyle battle uh with celebrities you know what i'm saying or uh they have a show about quoting lyrics or whatever uh what is it uh quoting lyrics and it's like stuff that black people or the show um yo mama on mtv yeah stuff we do in the hood for free poor little black kids you know what i'm saying we bag on each other and then Mm -hmm. they take that Put some production behind it and now it's a thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or every think about every challenge that we like on, on social media. Oh, and, and the what, mannequin challenge. It costs you no money. Every it get, it, 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 the list is like it for the D challenge. Some poor kid in the hood did this thing on social media. It blew up and then everybody doing it now. You know what I'm saying? Everybody. Making it popular. Yeah. But the, and also I wanted to say that going back to how to be a Latin lover is it was produced by a comedian. Right. Uh, Eugenio Derbez is like the biggest Latin comedian in the world. Yeah. Wow. He's Mexican. And they gave him a deal on his terms. He was like, I want to I want to make movies with people who look like me. And now right. he has a deal. And he did that movie and it went bananas. He went and got Salma Hayek. And uh, and it's a really big film. And then, you know, and then Malcolm Lee and Will Packard did Girls Trip. So, Absolutely. Yeah. But I always been for the comedians because it's like yeah, when you yeah. see a comedian taking happy, business to that level. Yeah, like right. that, it's dope. Yeah. You know? And he starred in the movie, but he also produced it and wrote it. And right. it's like, yeah. We're not just one-dimensional people, you know? And no, something we're is happening. not. Something is happening right now in Hollywood. I think like in the 90s when Def Jam was hot, it was a black renaissance where all the comedians on Def Jam was getting their own TV shows. Yeah. And then for a while, they was doing a lot of, um, what is it, Jed Apatow movies where it's like a lot of improv guys were getting on. Mm-hmm. And it was no comedians nowhere in sight. And now that we're putting comedians back in the forefront, like the Carmichael show, you know what I'm yeah. saying? All these other yeah, shows. Yeah. Like it's happening again where mm-hmm. comedians are getting their own shows and making it happen. What's my man named Fowler? Jermaine yeah, Fowler Jermaine got his Fowler, show. Yeah, yeah. Carmichael, all these really great shows of putting com- comedians at the front, forefront. And I feel like that's always been a part of American history, having really dope yeah, even Comedians Aziz, of color. Aziz yeah. Ansari show is written right. by a black woman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. It's happening, She won man. an Emmy for it. Absolutely, Absolutely. she yeah. did. And now she has her own show on Showtime called The Shy. And she deserved every bit of that, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's really no. cool. And I'm so doggone happy for Tiffany Haddish right now. Like, I'm, Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. Yeah. She and Cardi yeah. B is American dream right now. Like, yeah. just Cardi B. <laughs> I like to see when you see a comic 
and you seen them work and you seen them grind. And she did the work. Yeah, she did. She did the, the work. work. And her story is so amazing, man. Yeah. She's going from post care and now she's like an A-lister. Yeah. And hosting Saturday Night Live. It's like, dope. how dope is that? It's dope. I, every morning I used to talk to Tiffany. We used to cry, cry on the phone together because mm-hmm. we'd be so frustrated <laughs> yeah, with comedy. Yeah, yeah. But um, she's my she's like one of my mentors in comedy because she's been doing stand up twice as long as me. Right, right, right. And it's like people, you know, people don't you you become an overnight success in Hollywood. People don't know what your overnight is. It's like yeah, twenty years, twenty something years. Man. That's your overnight. Yeah, and right. She's always been generous, and she's yes. always you yeah. know I'll get a phone call all the time that be like, hey, Tiffany said your name to co- do this job. And, you know, I'll call her and say thank you. And she's always like, you a single mother. I got, you know, yeah, That's her too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her. Like, and she's so she's so awesome. Her and I had the same uh, agent for a while. She left too. the agent and blew up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And she blew up. And one day she had a conversation with me and it changed my life. She's like, Ron, you should have been famous five years ago. Mm-hmm. Do your thing. Yeah, she told me. You so. know what that means. Just do your thing. When I left, when I tell you, I booked like nine things in three months. I and like my life completely changed. When you leave them agents. It seemed like it got better for you. Yeah. yeah. But you got to know, too, because, like, I, you know, I feel like especially our people, we're so loyal. Yes. For no reason. Loyal. And sometimes, look, and that's, that's what Tiffany said. She said, your loyalty going to keep you behind. It keeps, it, we we are friends to them, but they're not friends to us. They don't right. care nothing about yeah. us. I was at an agency, a pretty big agency, which I'm not with anymore, last year. And, or a couple of years ago, not last year. But um, I, my when I first got to the agency, the agent had dropped 11 people, 11 comics, right? Uh-huh. And it, one of them I knew was my friend. And mm-hmm. I asked him, I said, you dropped my friend. You know, like, what happened? He was like, oh, nothing It happened. It's just she wasn't bringing any money. Right. It was just business. Right. Fast forward a, a year later, a male comic friend of mine who was on actually was on Last Comic Standing with me. He fired that same agent yeah. and that agent was so butthurt. He was so sad. He was like, I'll help build this career. Right, like, right, and I right. said, I thought it was just business. Yeah. It's right. always business when it comes to from them. them. Yeah. But when it comes to us, it's not business. And we get yeah. so caught up with, oh, I can't do that. They, they, you know, they got me when nobody wanted me. Yeah. They and there's something too about knowing your value in Hollywood too. Sometimes you don't know. You come out here with this dream. You got all these hopes. You don't know your value. You yeah. don't know. That as a comedian, you have currency where they can't put you toe to toe with a straight actor and you doing comedy. They yep. can't. It's not going to happen. Or, you know, if you need somebody to do, be a brand ambassador, comedians over like nine times out of ten are going to kill it. But also, too, when you don't know your value, you stay loyal to people because you feel like they gave you a shot that nobody else wouldn't. Yep. Which yeah, Which is my thing, happen. too. My agent was my first agent ever. And I was, you know, oh, my God, thank you for choosing me. And after a while, I started booking stuff. And I was like, something don't feel right. And I had an audition and somebody was like. Why are you still with her? Me too. Yeah, they was like, why are you still yeah. with her? And I'm like, I don't know. And it's like, mm. you know what happened to me with her? Her husband called me beautiful in front of her. Yeah. And I never oh, got a, after I never that. got yeah. another audition. She kept trying to make me go out for auditions. That was ten eight years ago. She was trying to make me go out for auditions with like one audition was like I had a 30 year old daughter with Cicely Tyson yeah it was like it was like that right <laughs> you had a 30, with a 30 year old daughter she was like I don't think you realize that your voice you sound older so when I went to the audition the casting what? director got mad at me and was like tell your agent don't waste my time like this right. you don't fit this this uh, absolutely break now and then I was like I gotta get away from that lady yeah and we we both me and, and Tiffany both prayed over you her. yeah 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 <laughs> look I'm glad y'all got rid of her yeah. yeah no when i did last comic standing and i saw her and, and she doesn't speak to me she always that's good for you though. that's good She's yeah a bitter she speak to me either. she was mad at me too but i think a lot of them bitter. my life changed i was so happy about that like my life was incredible 
Yeah. yeah. I, I went in there one time and she was, she was messing with some stones because she was like, I believe in these stones. Man, let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah, we're not even going to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, stones. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, stones. It's, um, it was a massage table in the, in the office. <laughs> what? Yes. Some weird stuff going on. It was crazy, on. but it's Hollywood. Anyway, yeah, if you're just tuning in, yeah, you listen to the comedy pop up. I'm your host, Ron G. In the, uh, in the room, we have Dominique and Ida Rodriguez, man. We're talking about Hollywood and all things, uh, awesome. Uh, I want to shift, uh, gears a little bit, talking about basically your journey, uh, being female comedians. Um, I know we all kind of grew up in comedy in different times. Like I grew up in a time in comedy where, uh, I was under the comedy view cats. All the comedy view cats mm-hmm. had a certain kind of voice. And I was the dude from the hood, but I went to college. How many years have you been doing stand-up? Uh, 12. Okay. 12, like 13 years. I think 13 years, actually, this month. And then uh, I grew up under these cats, and I'm trying to use my voice uh, at an uptown comedy club on Apollo night. And ain't number dope dealers and strippers trying to speak. <laughs> Word. And they booing me before I even I mean. say hello. <laughs> like judging my shirt. You know what I'm saying? And my first time on stage, they told me to kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. But these comics now, they don't even know that. They don't even know that. That's a thing, but I do believe when you kind of grow up in those environments, you become fearless. Because yep. once yeah. you graduate, you uh, are basically, and I'm, I feel like DC is one of those cities, like DC, Chicago, and Atlanta are really strong comedy yes. cities. And once you grow up in that, um, you know, it changes your perspective on comedy. What, what, because even you growing up, in, you started in DC, right? Mm-hmm. What changed it to where, because you have such a, for me, when I see you perform, you remind me of like my cool cousin. Mm-hmm. Like, I like her. I want to be around her. Like, you the cool yeah. cousin in the room. How did you transform from that, uh, quote unquote, urban comedy to like a more of a mainstream voice being from where you're from? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, how did you transform? Because sometimes cats only perform in a certain side of town mm-hmm. and that's their voice. So when they travel, they only can touch a few people. But for you, I've seen you rock a room full of everybody doing Chocolate Sundays. You coming up and destroy it mm-hmm. and you've traveled so much. How do you? How do you open your mind up to be that type of comedian? Like, where, based on you being from DC. But see, I, I left my hometown. I think a lot of comics don't they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you stay in your hometown, you're not going to be broad. Yeah, you're just not going to be broad. So I'm from DC. New York is like four hours from where I live. So I moved to New York. Uh huh. You know, and 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 we had we were hosting a room myself. Joe Claire and Red Grant. I love how y'all talk. Your room? Yeah, a it's room. a room. A room, yeah. Go sweep the room to Brum. We were, um, <laughs> so we were hosting this room, right? And, and, and Mike, he's a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. So he would come to this room, and one day we were just sitting there talking at this room. It was Monday night room, and he was like, you know what? If you can ever get yourself a shot, you got to get out this little town. Yeah. And it made sense. Mm-hmm. I had done all the little rooms and everything. It was like, okay, it made sense. So I went to New York. So once I went to New York and I moved to New York, it was a game changer for me. Right. With right. all the different ethnic diversities and yeah. all that. I mean, you go to Brooklyn, one part of Brooklyn, you in Jamaica. Right. You come down to Harlem, you in Puerto Rico. Yes, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? You go uptown a little bit, you in Dominican. You feel what I'm saying? So you got all these different cultures. And then there was a club called um, Caroline's. It still is a I club. Caroline's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Caroline's. On Broadway. I would work Caroline's with Tracy Morgan. Hey. Me and Tracy were cool. I heard he kind of like discovered you. Is that the thing? Or he kind of like saw you and was like, yo, I want I want you to feature for me or something like that? Right. He saw me somewhere and he did say that. Yeah. He's like, I want you to feature for me. I was like, all right, just tell me, you know. <laughs> you cannot tell me where to go. Shoot me the address. Shoot it to me. Yeah. Because I need to and I'm yes. living in a hole in the wall for real. Yeah. So... 
Um, so I went to Caroline's, and once I went to Caroline's, and this cl- and this audience, of course, is all white audience, basically. Yeah. Absolutely. But what really made me comfortable is he got this all white audience, but uh, Tracy straight nigga with his. Right, right, That's right. number two. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Right, right, right. right. We got two niggas yeah. on the comedy pop-up. He said, you know, he podcast. straight go in and like, you know, I ain't Tracy Jordan or whatever his name yeah. is. So I started doing Caroline's, and once I did Caroline's, well, that really helped me because even without Tracy, they liked me. So I was right. able to still work that club. So I got to say, New York, I'm from D.C. That's where I started. But as a comic, yeah. New York City birthed me all day. I lived in the Bronx. Shout out to the Boogie Down. Hey. hey. Yes. I, my cousins are. I also feel like, too, especially D.C. people in general, you so in tune with politics. Like, I know hood dudes in D.C. that's yeah. talking about the electoral college. you like, how do you know that? But Earthquake. It, and that happens Earthquake. nowhere else in the world B-O-B. but D.C. You see, like, thug dudes. You can tell they got two strikes. And know all about the political they system. They do. Which they is talk really about dope. it different, but they be like, yo, man, that motherfucker on Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah. Ruining the city, yeah. shawty. <laughs> Whole city done, shawty. Man, he's sitting his fat ass up there. Yeah. yeah. So we really are in tune to politics. You know? Absolutely. And you ate it. So Y'all I've right seen, down the street. We right down the street. I've seen you grow so much too, man. And I remember uh, when you first started. You was just strong-minded, you know, funny mm-hmm. girl. But then your voice outside of that grew to where you're speaking up boldly about women having a voice and women uh, standing out in the industry and, and not silencing yourself for men. When did that happen for you? Well, you know, um, when I started doing stand-up, I was homeless. Me and my kids were homeless. And I, I had one of those genius ideas. When we did the show in Long Beach? Yeah, I was homeless. Really? And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do stand-up. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the brokest part of the you entertainment. You was funny then. Well, I had On no the empty stomach, killing it. <laughs> <laughs> stomach growling. But so, you know, <laughs> I started thinking about things that, uh, why I was homeless. And a lot of it had to do with my relationship with my ex-husband and mm-hmm. the oppression of being a married woman. Yeah. My family telling me what to do. And I had always wanted to be a stand-up comedian, but my, my family was like, that's for men, you know, Latin people don't oh, yeah, do yeah, that yeah. and all that stuff. So finally, when I started doing stand-up, I made a decision that, you know, I uh, I wanted to talk about... The thing is, I came to stand-up comedy as a grown-up. You know right, what I mean? I knew right. who I was as a woman. Right. So all I needed to learn was skill and technique and to, you know, respect the craft and to develop as a comic. So I made a decision. You are one of the people who will always tell me, mm-hmm. you know, true, be true to your voice. Be true to your voice. You always yeah. used to be, you know, like Morpheus in my ear. Like, remember <laughs> your voice. Remember who you are. Yeah. You ain't got to be like everybody else. But I have to tell you, when I first started doing stand up, I can't tell you how many people will always try to derail me into something else. I had comedians tell me to go on stage and talk about my hair, you know, like my what? complexion. What? Like you should need, you need to let these people know. And I'm like, let them know what slave. Like we, I don't think like that. I don't, right, I'm not, right, right. my mentality, my mentality is not like that. And I have so much more to say, but, um, I, I have made a decision. I would say maybe about when my, my grandmother died in 2013 and I said, um, I'm going to just be me. And I'm going to do what I Mm -hmm. came to do. And I'm just going to be myself and stop apologizing for it. Because even Enz used to always tell me, you too strong. You too much. You too offensive. You always going too hard. You need to tone it down a little bit. Yeah. I will all, I said, and then I would watch some male comics go on stage and do twice as much as what I did. Right. And nobody would say anything to them. No. And you know, and even in like mainstream, because I work a lot of mainstream rooms. I'm a, I'm a regular at the cellar. I work at the stand and I can see 
see sometimes when they're like, she's too much for like a woman of color. Like she needs a, to dial it back. Like why is she not dancing? Right. <laughs> why why she's not like why is she not you know she's talking about mouthy? Yeah. Like how who <laughs> like who do you think you are to say to say that to us? Yeah. I just had to make a decision, and I did that about maybe four or five years ago when I was like, I'm just gonna do me. And what because I didn't set out to do comedy to be famous. I want to really be a great stand up. Yeah. For me, it was like I don't care what happens if they blackball me if they say they don't. I don't care. I'm gonna tell my truth. And I'm just going to move forward with that. And that's when it started changing for me. Because I can feel it, man. Just the response you get on stage from women is like so amazing. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. that night you probably one of the few people who got to stay on the base because women like connected to you, to you so well when you were speaking. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. being so unapologetic about it and watching the men's faces, too, was so funny because I think somebody before you went up talking about women anyway. Oh, it wasn't shit on us. And then that. you cleaned it up and it was like. It's amazing. Yeah. That's why I was like pushing, like, yo, like she's dope and I love her voice, man. It's really cool. I appreciate uh, it. But you gotta think that and I don't mean to cut you off, but this as female comedians, because we are captive audience members of comedy, we have to be there all the time. We go through night after night after night after night hearing men talk shit about women constantly. Mm-hmm. They degrade us, they call us hoes, mm-hmm. bitches, side bitches, what they do to us, they come on our faces, they do they'd say the most heinous things about women all the time. There's every always show. Yeah, every single show, there's only probably one woman on the show. And for the, by the time you get on stage, you have been objectified, you've been oppressed, you've been yeah. verbally assaulted. And you, you, we go into, we get on stage with a deficit. Mm-hmm. We have to climb out of a hole because right, right. they've already assaulted our gender and oh. they've assu- uh, uh, they've uh, assumed that we're not funny because we're women. Yeah. So we got to battle that when we get on stage. And so by our psychology, some women give into that and they be like, okay, I'm just going on stage and masturbate. And then there are people like us who are like, fuck that. I'm going right, on stage right. and I'm going to be just as great as Ron G and just as yeah. great as Sydney and tell my story and be just as, as, you know, relevant and just as powerful because it's, it all, it messes with your psychology. It's like all the time. You don't understand like the things that I, when I sit in the green room sometimes, that's why I don't sit in green rooms anymore. Right. I don't go right. in a meeting. Yeah. It just, it's disgusting what you hear. That's crazy, man. It's crazy. And, and after a while you just learn to tune it out. Mm-hmm. But then with all that happening that uh, Ida just said, and then, but then they'll come back and say, all we do is talk about sex. Yes. Are you serious? <laughs> exactly. Are you serious? Yes. Men talk about sex all the time. Right. That's all y'all. Uh, really? Right. What you talking about? You exactly. know, so it's it's, 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 it's it's really weird. I agree. And it's to the point where all the derogatory terms we call women is like normal. Yeah. yeah. Like it's normal to call a woman a bee. Casually oh, yeah. in casual conversation. Oh, yeah. The, the comedian's that. Now, you're the only one. You know, and Sydney didn't. They all, it's not, we, we don't, it's a noun. We, it ain't like, well, the ladies is, cause bees this, bees that, bees this. Yeah, that's this. the normal. Cause uh, I saw oh, that. Oh. Um, right. Cause oh, they oh. had a, um, I use that word every now and again. That's my curse <laughs> word. And, um, even on Twitter, they had this big thing of men are trash hashtag. And basically they gave, it was like the hashtag men are trash and all these encounters of why men are trash. And like dudes were defending like, man, we ain't all that bad, but it's like the same thing we do for women. Like, we got this category that's like so normal to call a woman to be. When you say men are trash, dudes are offended because we so used to like being the only voice in the room. You know what I'm saying? That's why mm-hmm. I really respect you. 
Um, also, I was going to say this too, and I don't, I don't know your situation, but you can chime in. Um, I respect the fact that you like comedy is already hard as it is, yeah. and living in LA is its own animal that nobody you can't describe to anybody. It's the most humbling, mm-hmm. most depressing thing ever. Coming to LA with this hope and this dream, and you got somebody who's a dick in between you and the stage, and all you want to do is work your craft, and you got somebody telling you not enough. You go to auditions, yeah. you hear no's, you don't oh have an answer God. to why you hear no's. Oh you know what I'm saying? God. From Trying to just get in a comedy club. They're like, you got to pay. I'm like, yo, like I just want to be here. I want you in the room. Or you go into a comedy club that you feel like you should go to and nobody in the room looks like you. So you walk into this room trying to find your space in this room, trying to like just yeah. feel like you fit in because you don't look like everybody else. And then you have these people that have agents and nobody tell you nothing. Then you go from being a nobody to once you get on and all the people that you think cool with stop speaking to you because you're a threat now. And it's so weird. Yeah. And to go through all that. Outside of that, and your mother too. Like to yeah. be a mother and go through all that. How do you balance uh, the weight of being an entertainer in Hollywood and then coming home and be having enough for your kids to encourage them as well? How do, how do you balance that thing? Well, one thing I will say, I'm I'm not a real, I'm not a very cocky person by nature because I I was raised by a humble woman and I I believe humility is what feeds me. But if I can say one thing is if I'm not good at anything else in life, I'm I'm a good mother. And Absolutely. I was really good to my children. And I believed I, I waited before I hit the road because I was like, I, my daughter needs me. Mm-hmm. And I always felt if I honored my kids, that God would honor me. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened because people would be like, you're going to get too old. And I was like, you know what? I'm a I'm a just I'm a believe what I'm a believe. I'm not going to abandon them for Hollywood. But, you know, it's been a lesson for especially my daughter when she hit high school. I could always relate to her because Hollywood is just like high school. And I'd be like, when you're popular, everybody wants to be your friend. Something messes up. You know, you fall in a puddle. Everybody talks about you. That's what my career is like. So it was very, very easy for me to to be able to give them life lessons in terms of what I learned. But one of the things I decided when I started doing the, this entertainment business, I've been in, in it my whole life, was that my integrity was never going to be negotiable. Right. So say it, I. Whatever was going to happen, <laughs> right, right. say it. So right. I was like, look, I'm not, I, I, and when I, you know, I laugh at all the, the sexual assault things that I see. Not I'm laughing at sexual assault, but I see all the white women, and you hardly see any women of color talking about it because we, right. don't, we don't snitch. Right. But if, if women of color started putting really oh, be bad. Hit, hitting on that, but the the truth of it is, is that, you know, I was like, I don't want it that way because I, I, I want to be great and respected by my mm-hmm, peers. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want. Absolutely. So if I don't get to be famous and I don't get to make movies and I don't get that's OK with me. I've reconciled that within myself because my soul is not negotiable. Right. right. That was one of the greatest things that my kids both they will always say she ain't going to sell out for nothing. I know and that's my and, and, and I'm the same person. Yeah. You know, whatever work I do, I have to be integral with it. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. are. you know what I'm saying? There's certain things that I could have done. I'm not doing it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I don't, I, why? Yeah. You know, if I, if God gave me a gift and I'm talented, yeah, why? Why I gotta go down that road? That's like right. That? Why, why right. I gotta do that? Because I hear stories of young female comics. Man, y'all know how hard it is, man. This dude won't take me on the road, but. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all heard that story before. Right. That ain't and, it's like, and that's normal. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The fact that y'all have yeah. to go through that. That's why I really admire y'all and I applaud y'all we for just starting said your own no. lane. Right. It just worked so far. We still sitting here. Right, right. <laughs> it ain't so bad. You know, we still sitting here, you know, and it's it's, it's good. And I, I applaud that because, like, again, know. y'all like the American dream, like two black women being headliners in this comedy we work, game. We doing all right. Being headliners in this comedy game, which is really hard to do. Like, you become yeah. a headliner, like... 
And God gonna honor your integrity. Absolutely, I, I think so oh, too. Man. I believe he gonna that. honor your integrity. He gonna honor the fact that you stood on something. Right. Yeah. You, I ain't doing anything. Once your name gone, you ain't gonna never get that back. In this you, comedy game, oh no, because people yeah. say women are messy. Men are messy in yeah, comedy. They They're messy. worse. They worse. Yeah, we're messy, man. And you only listen. The, the reality, you only gonna sleep your way to the middle in comedy. You know, That's it. you right. can't fake an hour of stand up. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who you sleep with hey. to get whatever opportunities hey. you get. Yeah. When you hit that stage by yourself, because that guy is not going to be on stage with you. What are you going to do for an hour? Yeah. You What you going to do? And the truth is, I see the young comics. I see the, the ladies who are negotiable. I, I know the stories. Mm-hmm. But the truth is. They ain't got no funnier. No. You know what? That, no. <laughs> that D ain't got you no funnier, girl. No, right, like right, you better right. hit that mic and put that D down because the truth of it is, is that you know everybody. You know it. It can never. Jay Leno has said it best: "It's never too late, but it can be too soon." Yeah. And you want to get uh, so many people want to get on the road so fast without being ready. Thing. Yeah. They're not ready. And you know, I watch this woman here. It kill you. If I you're watch not it. I know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure you got a whole pocket full of stories of people who got on fast and cut corners, oh, and now they have I no career because they weren't ready for their fame. I, wa- yeah. I watch her, and I said, "It ain't just an hour of comedy. It's an hour of good comedy because yeah. you could go up there and talk trash for an hour." But what if what if there's no crowd work? What if you have no no opportunity for crowd work? Right. What you gonna do? And and sometimes even when you do, they're not receptive. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's all I used to do when I first started. Oh, I thought I was a killer. And then it was this dude named Pop Thomas, a promoter in DC. He's like, Okay, you funny. He said, But when this crowd stopped laughing at you, what you gonna do? Mm-hmm. He said, When this crowd work don't work, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. He was like, right. You better start getting some jokes. <laughs> And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And I didn't believe him at first. And then one time, whoo, it went bad. Yeah, I ate like, it. Ate all of it. Ooh, he ain't bullshit. With a fork and a spoon. Yeah, I was like, okay, <laughs> I got to stop writing down a little something. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. I ain't going to do it. So check it out, man. We right here, uh, Comedy Pop-Up. Again, we don't small talk here. I'm your host, comedian Ron G with Ada Rodriguez and Dominique, man. We just having a good time in the studio. So listen, man, we are getting ready to head toward the last portion of the show. And I got a few questions um, I want to ask both of y'all. You're really good at this. Thank you. You are, Ron. You are. Thank you. Again, I don't small talk. This is my regular conversation, so I'm learning. No, but you're good. This is going to be good. You're good. Thank you. And I want y'all to be great, too. So I don't small talk, but I like asking interesting questions toward people. So there's no time limit on this question. I just want you to... uh, And you do this in real life. I do. Because I'm your friend. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't ask about how how was your day. I'm like, no, it's good. How's your heart? You right. How's your heart doing? Let's talk about it. How you walking How's your walk with the Lord going? black soul. That's what it is. So listen, I'm going to ask you a few questions you can answer it however you want to man uh just because i want to get i want the people to listen and get to know you a little better again um i'm a, I'm a host ron g if you don't mind please follow me comedian ron g on all things uh comedian r-o-n-g and uh, again we've said uh the n-word sorry nigga twice Oh, comedy pop up. It's all right. We and, and when you follow him, tag him your pictures of you and wearing wedges because he loves. Let me tell you something. Wedges. I hate wedges. <laughs> wedges, lace fronts, and yeah, that's it. I can't stand it. And loud. I can't. Ooh, I hate loud people. All right. Anyway, uh, we're gonna keep it going. So here's my list of questions I want to ask both of you. So you can answer in whatever order you want to. If you could do co- coffee with one person, dead or alive, who would it be? Uh, for me, I would want to meet um, Coretta Scott King. I just think like she's just a dope female, and like to have a man who had yeah, this big dream, dope. this this big dream, and as, when you're living your dream, you don't have all the details. And yeah. she, he had to come home like, hey, look, babe, I might be going to jail today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I'm hanging up, Jesse. You know he on these hoes. Um, but uh, I just need you to believe in my dream, and for her to believe in his dream to the point where he died 
and became great. And she became great because she was a believed in him enough. I just think that's the dope thing where you don't meet many Coretta Scotts and Michelle Obamas in your lifetime. So oh. she'd be my person for either one of you dead alive. Who would you want to do coffee I got with? Several people. Just give me one. Malcolm X. I would want yeah, to. I want to say, brother Malcolm. I met. Yeah. Uh, I only there are only two people, three people I ever wanted to meet in life: Michael Jackson, Muhammad Ali, and Malcolm X. Right. I met Muhammad Ali. I spent the day Did with you? him. Yeah. Jeez. It was, it was amazing. But I would have. I would have really wanted only not because Malcolm X was such a revolutionary, but because his evolution was so beautiful. Yeah. To see him go from one extreme of being a criminal, hating white people. You know, going through the nation of Islam, going to do his pilgrimage, coming back, and then le- learning to love human beings, and that his whole narrative was wrong was just beautiful too. I would have, I would love to just sit down and talk to that. Too. I think That's I awesome. would like to sit down with um, Louis Farrakhan. Oh, I, would like I to, love him. Yeah, I would like to have a cup of coffee with him and just talk to him. Yeah, because he's dope. To Listen, me. beloved. Yeah. But I did. I would like to him and Tupac as well. Though. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I would definitely like them just to hear what they. Tupac had to is a say. staple, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you imagine what hip hop would be like if Tupac was still alive? Oh my yeah. god, I think it would look completely different. I think it would be. Too. I would love to hear grown up Tupac in this world. Right. You know? He probably wouldn't even be rapping anymore. No, nah, he'd be a. He's straight revolutionary. He right, absolutely. Yeah. He, was a, he was an evolving into a leader. Yeah, absolutely. so he yeah. would be doing big philanthropy work. That's and why all they that killed year. him. Absolutely. I would love to see that, man. Um, all right, next question. What smell or sound reminds you of home? For me, pine saw. <laughs> I can say Somebody, that too. My mom on, yeah. on, on Friday nights yeah. would clean the house with pine. I'm just like everything smells like pine salt. Everything that that smell <laughs> just reminds yeah, me everything. of home. Me too. I can say pine salt wrong. Yeah, I can <laughs> and that's how you and, know that Puerto Ricans are Negroes. Pine yeah. salt and comet. <laughs> comet. Yeah, yeah comet. Oh, you real hood Ajax. You a little Ajax. Ajax. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So pine salt for both of y'all. Yeah, yes. I gotta say pine. Really? Salt. What about yeah. the sound? Is there um, a certain sound that reminds you of home? Uh, yeah, the sirens of the police. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, every time I hear a police siren, yeah. I think about home. That's I, funny. Uh, I'm Southern. There's these bugs that you hear in the South. You only hear them in the South. They real loud screaming noise. You hear early in the morning. It reminds me of being home. I don't know why, but when mm-hmm. I go home, you know, it's like, what is that noise? But it's just, I don't, I don't, to this day, I don't know what the bug is, but I know it's a loud bug you hear early in the morning when the sun comes up. Sounds, I would have to say, high heels. Everybody can be sleeping. My mother will walk like she's on the vice principal down the hallway. <laughs> I mean, loud as hell. And you saying to yourself, "This lady, do you know we sleep?" Yeah, <laughs> she don't care. And to come in the room, you dead sleep. Zip my dress up. You like for real? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, I would have to say that too. I and- became that lady. <laughs> <laughs> you sit down somewhere. Oh my! Sit God. down, huh? Oh sit my! Be humble. <laughs> sit down. All right. Uh, next question. If you could eat one thing for the rest of your life and you would not die from eating it, what would it be? Oh, for me, it's seafood. You eat seafood. I can eat. Is crab. there anything specific? Crab legs. Yeah, every day. Every day. Yeah. Iron overdose. What is, what's in it? Is it is mercury? Iron? Mercury. Yeah. yeah blue, mercury overdose. I would yeah. eat blue crab and potato chips. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Jeez. You know, from DC. So yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, I heard you had like the best so crab cakes. Yeah, in DC. So I would eat it every single day. Yeah. yeah. What was mine? Probably a uh, Gushers little candies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really love Gushers. I don't know yeah. why they're good though. But, yeah, but for some reason I just I don't know. It reminds me of my childhood. You too, would being say home. something healthy though, like the healthiest Gushers? candy of the. Or pork chops. Pork okay. chops too. I know you can't <laughs> eat it every day, but. 
My dad yeah. made the best fried pork chops. Like it's incredible. They put the barbecue sauce on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Uh, let's see. What is your favorite word? Mother. <laughs> my my favorite word is druthers. Uh, and that, and it's because of what it, it the meaning of it is so because when people say if I have my choice, mm-hmm. a choice is just a choice. Mm-hmm. But druthers is a a choice that you desire and that you're happy about. Yeah. Like if I had my druthers, I would eat crab legs all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that word. Um, you know, English is my second language. Mm-hmm. So I'm more fascinated by the English language than people who spoke it first. Right, right, right. But um we don't that have when I for it. Now when I learned that word, that's why I say things so literal. I'm so literal and yeah, so I say grocery store and people laugh at me. Yeah. <laughs> you say refrigerator instead of from the south, we say refrigerator. Put in the refrigerator. We say refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. We say grocery store. Uh, what is yours? I don't know. I got, I don't know. I get to cussing sometimes, so it'll probably be this some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and you say it so well. Yeah, though. I'd be like, this some bullshit. Just flow too. Yeah, just some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my favorite word would be uh, cummerbund. Cummerbund? I just like, it just. It's like badoon, uh, badonka don't like it's oh, cummerbund. Cummerbund, okay. cummerbund, cummerbund. You hit a bounce in it, cummerbund. Like I, I don't know, that's stupid, but I like. <laughs> it. Be with me all day today. <laughs> cummerbund, cummerbund. <laughs> all right, James, cummerbund is my name. Oh, stupid. Ron right. ready to get married, cummerbund, yeah. cummerbund. Hey, I actually am. All right, uh, what about what's the the one thing you learned about yourself from your last relationship? Not the person, from yourself. What did you learn about yourself? Again, if you're tuning in, I'm you're listening pro- to Pop Up, Comedy <laughs> Pop Up. We don't small talk here. And I'm questioning uh, Ada Rodriguez and Dominique. And I have a, few, a list of few questions. And uh, my last question was, what did you learn about yourself from your last relationship? I, I, be more in detail with your choices. About choose, the person? Yeah, choose better. <laughs> you, know, you gotta choose you gotta better. Like she's like, you gotta Ugh. choose better and, and realize the qualities that you like in a person. Yeah. They might not always be you know, you, yeah. you got to choose a person with certain qualities. Yeah. Yeah. They work better with your personality. So, Got you. What I, about you? I would say that it's a lesson that I think I've, I've been, I was supposed to learn before and I never learned was learning to, um, when, uh, learning when to fold them to get mm-hmm. out when you realize that a relationship is not working for you, <laughs> you gotta and you just stay you in out. it because yeah. you don't know how to get out or you don't you want to just knowing like knowing how to handle your business better about your time and your life and saying this is not working for me i need to disband from this mm-hmm. and move forward that that was what I learned my last relationship. I was like, this is not working for me. I'm mm, out. That's what I'm trying Where to Where normally say. I would just stay and just try to right, figure it out. it out. You can't, you can't say it's that. that loyalty thing we spoke about earlier. You can't change when You don't people. know your value. No. You'll stay a little longer. And sometimes, you know, you can be like, yeah, you know, this, you have this is good. This is good. But the bad shit is <laughs> It's way right. the good. So it's not, yeah. it's not working. Right. Choose better. It ain't always about what you want. It's what you need. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like God knows what you need versus what, what you, you want. think you, you think want. this is what you want. And you're like, this ain't what I want. This ain't it. I ain't signed up for this. No. Um, for me, I feel like it's, uh, I'm a fixer. Like mm-hmm. by nature, I like seeing things become better. I feel like, especially with women, I always tell women, grown men give you answers. Boys give you more questions. You should, when you wow. date somebody, you should get more answers by the time you're done. Because if a man really loves you, he'll solve all your questions without you asking. Because I dated somebody who didn't compliment me one time. 
And it drove me nuts. I'm like, why didn't she compliment me? And then now the girl I date now, she complimented me and I don't have to ask her. And now that's I got more answers thing. than, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I didn't know that. Because again, yeah. like I'm such a fixer. But what I learned is I can fix things, but I can't fix somebody I'm trying to do life with. Yeah. Because you yeah. try to fix somebody you're doing life with, then whatever you create, you got to sustain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why I would date, some, I would like prefer somebody who's already whole instead of me trying to like, oh, I see potential because potential is yeah. not a quantifiable thing. You know what I'm saying? But we try to fix them. Yeah, anyway, that's very deep. A lot of time, they not going to meet it. I like right. it, though. Yeah. It's very deep, but I learned it about myself. And now I don't. I threw my toolbox away. I don't want my toolbox in my house. Yeah. My right. toolbox stays in the garage. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, We've but again, like, I genuinely love making people life better because I feel like God gave me a prophetic gift to see people's potential and what they can be. And sometimes they don't see it for themselves. But a lot of times, me speaking that to them is more confirmation than it is creepy. But they're yeah. like, how do you know all that? I'm like, well... God told me to tell you that. You know what I'm saying? But whether they choose to accept it or not, that's on them. But I can't date somebody who doesn't see it because it becomes painful for me because I can see their potential and they don't see it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Anyway. So it hurts you in the end. Right. Especially mm -hmm. if it's a person that's not um, not really trying to step up to the plate. Like, he sees his potential in me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're like, okay, I didn't mm -hmm. see that. But I'm going to really work to that because yeah. I can see that for myself. Yeah. And some people, you be like. They be like, I don't yeah. have no potential. What's the name of that man who does? He used to be on the on one of the shows, one of the talk shows. I think it was Tom Joyner where he did relationship advice, and he had a yeah. What's his name? One of the most valuable lessons I ever learned about relationships was from him, and something very, very simple. He was like, the most important thing about a relationship is direction. If two people are going in different directions, they're never going to work, no matter how much they love each other, mm -hmm. no matter how much they have in common. It's really about where you're headed. If you are a Christian person or whatever it is, whatever it is, it's not about religion, but whatever it is, if you, you know, you want to get married and have three children and you're dating somebody who hates kids and has, has never, and they want to move out of the country and you want to buy a house in the hills, you're never going to make it. It's yeah. because you're not, you're headed in two different directions. Yeah. And if somebody bends, then there will be resentment because you're asking somebody to be who they, they're not. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so I, that's been very valuable for me. Yeah. I feel like also too, I could be wrong, but I feel like you're the type of person who, because you're your authentic self on stage now, you have to be that and be with somebody who's authentic as well in their personal life. Yeah. That's number one so, for me. Because I believe that grown women call young men to the carpet. Yeah. And when she calls you to the carpet, whoever you think you're trying to be, you're going to have to reconcile that. And if you don't, it's yeah. going to be painful or you're yeah. going to try to control her either verbally, physically or whatever. But, you know, what I'm saying grown women call you to the carpet on your BS because I feel like men, uh, we kind of date down on purpose mm -hmm. to always kind of have be the bigger voice, mm -hmm. you know. And so when you date a woman who, again, like my girl now, I don't have to fix her. And her being so solid reminds me of what I'm not sometimes. And I have to deal with that on my own. It has nothing to do with her. And that painful process of dealing with yourself sometimes uh, is scary. It's scary because you gotta, you know, you think you're a good communicator, and later on you meet somebody who communicates better than you. Like, oh, okay, I need to step that up. I ain't yeah. you know what I'm saying? About or, nothing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> or you meet a woman who's a little expensive jokes. taste, and you yeah, from the I've hood. Been telling these jokes, I'm in my own world. So I ain't been talking about nothing. Oh, <laughs> right, right. My or, bad. You know, like oh, my girl, she was. Uh, allowed to have expensive taste like she used to be a model so she's around a bunch of people with a lot of money and she's like she works in the healthcare field so all her people got friends got money and i'm from the hood i'm like i don't go to the nice restaurants like me and my like women y'all get together let's go to a nice restaurant like man we only go to a nice re our reference point for a nice restaurant is the one we've been to with somebody else right you know right, what i'm saying right, right, so now right. i gotta research and find spots that i know she ain't been to you know what i'm saying like this stuff you don't have to deal with but it's grown man stuff you have to figure out to make your lady happy if you want to you know keep mm -hmm. up 
But anyway, I feel like grown women call you to the carpet. So I'm very happy and excited for both of y'all, man. Ditto. Uh, I want to. Same to you, Ron. Thank you, boo. I appreciate it. I want to have y'all say y'all credits, but I also feel like there's something uh, that y'all would love to share for a young female comedian or somebody who wants to get into comedy that that think it's just easy. Like, what? What is this something you want to tell anybody listening, either about being a woman or being a comic or being in entertainment that you feel like it will help them along the way that you didn't necessarily get? Girl, don't do it. No. <laughs> right, 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 right. We no. both thought of that the same <laughs> Go to college. Girl, do what you was planning on doing in the first place. No, yeah. no, but I, I just think you have to be yourself. Um, You have to um, believe in yourself and just keep going. If you can keep putting one foot in front of the other, you're going to get where you going, where you trying to go, and be integral in what you do. Yeah. And be I, yourself. I agree. I, I remember hearing comedians always tell me, you will always say, have fun. And I would be like, why do they keep telling yeah, me to have, have fun? fun? Because there's a point where it's not fun anymore. Yeah. And you get on stage and it just becomes a function. <laughs> you know what I mean? But what I will say to young female comedians uh, that want to make it is that I'll give you Tiffany Haddish as an example. If you think Tiffany made it because she got a nice body or because she's pretty or because, uh, you know, she's got a nice smile or a mole on her face. I'll tell you, that's not true. She made it because she put her 10,000 hours in and um, and there is nothing you're going to do in comedy. Nothing that you're going to do that's going to get you there besides the work. It's going to be your work ethic, you being funny And if you don't, you're not committed to that journey, then you shouldn't be in it. Because I know a lot of women who were hot and were beautiful and they slept with the right people and they got the opportunities and then nothing happened because they were not ready and they were not funny. So I I just I believe in that. Be integral in your work and don't stop working because there is no substitute for the work. You cannot cheat comedy. You can you cheat everything you else. Cheat you cannot. Absolutely. You can cheat social media. You can yeah. cheat acting. You, you can, can buy cheat it, edit. You can sleep with somebody with big numbers. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you cannot cheat. The, that time that's between you and that audience on that stage. Yeah. You can't cheat. You can't cheat it. There's no cheating in. And if you cheat, like the late, great James Hanley used to say, the comedy gods going to get your ass. <laughs> right. Absolutely. When you least expect it, them comedy gods ain't going to rain down on you. And they going to tell you a new one. So it's best not to even cheat. I agree. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And uh, I personally want to say, man, I, I'm more about people just finding their passion. Whatever your thing may be, whatever you're trying to figure out, uh, find your passion. Sometimes we stick around jobs because we think we're getting a little check. And I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice and yep. it's disrespectful to God because yeah. you go into this job every week for this check and basically sleep with somebody and they're leaving a dollar on the bed because yeah. you feel like you're doing you doing what people told you to do. And when I actually disrupted what my I thought I was supposed to do and did what I was in my heart, my life completely changed. And yeah. I stuck with it, even if it didn't make sense. My first time on stage, as I mentioned before, I got booed and they told me to kill myself. But now I'm an Emmy winning writer, producer, and I'm doing a podcast in Hollywood with two of the dopest females in comedy because I said yes to my dream. So I want to encourage you, if you listen to this podcast, man, uh, that frustration you feel at your job is real and don't ignore it. When you ignore it, you kill yourself and you don't, uh, you stop living. So please, uh, I always say, uh, dream big, hustle hard, and let God handle all the details. And that being said, man, uh, I want to thank my guests, Dominique and Ada Rodriguez, for being great great, uh, co-hosts with me today. And also, if you don't mind, can you let them know where we can find you or what you got coming up? And yeah. how they can reach you on social media. Um, so uh, funnyaida.com. I feel like I finally got my website together. <laughs> um, 
Do people still they, use websites? Yeah, they do. They go okay, over right. everything. But they go to check your shows and they want to know yeah, where your okay. reps are. And I, I need it because I, I get a DM'd with a lot of hey. bogus shows now. Okay, so, I got you. Um, I, uh, I, um, funny Ida, this Friday I'm taping the, um, the HBO special for the, the, with the three comics and this three Latin comics. So I'm happy about that. Um, and, um, in February, my Shaq Showtime special thing comes out. So, oh, I'm on a tour called the Every Woman Tour with, uh, April Macy and Shantae Wayans. So cool. And so yeah, that's dope. I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about more women being on that tour. All right. And one more time, what's uh, your handle? A, at Funny Ida, A-I-D-A. And um, yeah, on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat, whatever else is out there. So awesome. And you, Dominique? I'm Dominique Comedy, C-O-M-E-D-I. I was trying to be spell comedy different. And then I realized that that didn't say comedy. Like, Nobody asked you anyway, but I'm going to keep it. So. so real slow, one more time. What is it? Dominique Comedy, C-O-M-E-D-I, comedy with the I. That's what it is. Yeah, Dominique Comedy. Um, that's so that's Instagram, that's Twitter and Facebook. I'm old school, so I do Facebook too. So but on Facebook is Dominique Comedian. So yeah. So awesome, man. I'm so grateful to have you. And if you Oh, I'm gonna be in Phoenix next week, the night before Thanksgiving at the Celebrity Theater. Hey. Oh nice. Yeah, so. Go yeah. girl. Headliner. Um no, nah, I don't think I am. I think Guy is on this show. Well, they don't so, need to know that. She headlining. <laughs> Make sure you go there and check her out, man, in Phoenix, man. Again, I'm your host, Ron G. Please follow me, comedian Ron G. Comedian R O N G on everything. I got some cool stuff going on. I just booked a pilot for uh Nickelodeon playing a cool dad, and I'll find out in January if we get picked up. And I booked a movie with Cat Williams. And Jay Farrell, which I shoot uh, second week in December. So Good. I'm very excited. So if you don't mind, please follow me, Comedian Ron G, Comedian R-O-N-G. And also, go to follow us at Comedy Pop-Up. Comedy Pop-Up. Spelled just how it sounds. Follow us on all things Comedy Pop-Up. That being said, we don't small talk here on Comedy Pop-Up. This is our first episode. We're glad y'all got a chance to listen in. And we will do this every single week. So tune in. Comedy Pop-Up. Uh, yeah, don't block your blessings. I know. That's the closing music. I feel like somebody should have said nigga one more time. One more time. Three. Thank you for listening to that episode of the Comedy Pop-Up Podcast. Once again, if you'd like to catch any of our live stand-up shows, December 9th will be at PBW in downtown Pomona. December 16th will be in Santa Monica. And December 23rd, we'll be at the Rec Room in Huntington Beach. For more information on any of those shows, please visit our website, ComedyPopUpLA.com. And once again, please follow us on social media at Comedy Pop-Up.